This is the third episode in a series of conversations looking at the letters in the word courage. Today's letter is U for unplug and decompress. Boundaries are healthy, all the time, really, but especially in times of high stress. Boundaries are healthy and important, and that includes knowing when it's time to just step away from the 24-7 feed of social media, regular media, and general information overload, and give ourselves permission to decompress. I am a huge fan maybe even the number one fan of connecting with people and developing stronger, sustainable, nurturing relationships. The coronavirus situation that sees millions of people working from home has created some weird social experiments. And some of them are kind of cool. I love seeing people who have never cooked for themselves trying to create sourdough starter like their many generations ago ancestors, or learning the joy of virtual board games, or random acts of kindness among neighbors. And the acknowledgement that we are (gasps) multifaceted people with more going on in our lives than whatever we normally bring into the office has the potential to shake up the way people see each other. Surprise, we really are. Parents, musicians, artists, lovers of zombie movies, butchers, bakers, financial analysts, and a whole slew of interesting other things too. And I've been talking about the worrisome trend of touch deprivation, emotional isolation, and disintegrating social connections for years. So seeing people forced to peel back the layers of unhealthy coping mechanisms that we've collectively been trying to use to fill those gaps and take a good hard look at what true human needs we've been ignoring? Yeah, bring it on. But boundaries are still healthy. Brene Brown says, you don't measure vulnerability by the amount of disclosure. And there is power in those words. Yes, we need to be okay with the reality that somebody's toddler may come streaking, literally or figuratively, across the screen in a Zoom call. Welcome to parenting. And if that's the most embarrassing thing that ever happens to you as a parent, well, congratulations, you win. We may have our pets photobombing our presentations. There may be the occasional awkward background conversation we become privy to accidentally because, well, we're trying to conduct our lives as if we're in some Dolly-esque version of Big Brother where our only real social connections are through our video cameras. And to be honest, common core math makes me want to have a tantrum and my kids aren't even in K-12 anymore. But the key there is that all of those experiences are accidental glimpses into the parts of our lives we might rather keep private. And cuddling your child while you discuss this week's earning because your kiddo is stressed by the extreme weirdness they found themselves thrust into, well, that's a best case under the circumstances solution. Giving your team a tour of your house and surprising your kids with a photo op? Sharing personal and private details of someone's medical situation without their explicit consent? 
taking your tablet into the bathroom so you can answer nature's call and your colleague's call at the same time? Maybe not. Absolutely not. And come on now. So blurring the lines between home and work lives needs to be a decision made with care. Inviting my colleagues virtually into my home may be out of my control, but just how much of my personal life I choose to share is still something I want and deserve to manage as much as possible based on my comfort level. So before you create team building exercises that involve virtual tours of your house or family sing-along challenges or any other line blurring activity, take a step back and think about it. Be mindful and take into consideration not just your boundaries, but those of everyone else in your life. And if you're unsure of what those are, and you probably are, it's a conversation well worth having. So build those relationships by sharing authentically and intentionally. And if your colleagues' boundaries are different than yours, respect that too. After all, mutual respect is a huge part of psychological safety, not to mention just being a decent person. Now we've sort of become addicted to our social media and 24-7 news cycles and full-time connections to everyone and everything. I know people who get really angry if someone doesn't return their text immediately, no matter what time of day it is. I feel zero need to be on an electronic leash. When I'm at work, I don't leave my email program up because I find the constant notifications distracting. I usually open my email first thing in the morning and before I read anything, I send a quick thank you email to somebody, expressing my appreciation for something they've done, small or large, that's made my day better. And that starts my day off on a positive note. I got this idea from Sean Aker, who recommends this as part of your daily practice. And once my brain is primed to be in a good space, I begin the process of scanning to see what's urgent and what's not. And then once I have my ta-da list penciled out, I turn off my email so I can get about the business of doing whatever's on that list. Of course, I check in periodically throughout the day but I find I'm way more productive and way less stressed when I approach my workday like this. Now, if you're somebody involved in organ transplants or working the floor of the stock exchange, you may not have this option. But if you can, this is one simple way to unplug for just a part of your day and allow your brain a break from that constant ding of the email notification that trips your amygdala into high alert mode. And how about vacations? Now, I realize that nobody is really talking about vacation right now, but eventually you're going to want to schedule some time off. And it's time for some real talk about burnout. Does it really count as a benefit if your company culture strongly discourages using it? Whether we're talking about new baby leave, vacation, mental health care, or any other perks, you know, the ones that are part of your total compensation package, this is a real problem in a lot of places. Managers need to model that it's not just, okay, I guess, but actually expected for employees to take care of themselves and to take the time to unplug 
reconnect with their families and their friends. And these cannot be career limitations if you want sustainable innovation and performance. Now, I know I have personally fallen victim to this trap more times than I care to admit. You're getting ready to go on vacation and uh, you just cringe thinking about the emails that are going to pile up while you're gone. So you spend a ton of time trying to get as far ahead as you can. And then you promise yourself and whoever you're going on vacation with that you will only check your phone once a day while you're on vacation. And then you realize you're still checking it all the time because you're waiting for that reply from that one person who makes your life miserable if you don't reply right away. And then you get back and you still have to wade through mountains of emails, many of which it turns out resolve themselves somewhere along the way. But you're still CC'd on a bazillion endless reply all emails. And meanwhile, any benefit you may have gotten from the time away is erased by the overarching stress of the experience. And obviously this is way worse some places than others. But if you've got that boss who expects you to be on while you're on personal time, grab a copy of the book Crucial Conversations and have a solid chat about expectations with your manager because what's really happening is you're doing unpaid labor. And when you do the math, that's affecting your overall compensation and your attitude about your job. And I had that boss. I was getting emails while I was on my honeymoon saying, oh, I know you're on vacation, but if you have a chance, I just really need, which was not actually a request, right? So I totally understand it's easier said than done, but pay attention to how that's affecting you because odds are it's not great. And part of the reason we take vacation is to decompress so we're more resilient and more productive as humans. So you're actually hurting yourself and your long-term health. Because our physical and mental well-being are negatively affected when we never have that chance to decompress. And that's part of why burnout is at such staggering levels. Even if you're in the middle of a high-pressure project, you can negotiate firmly defined boundaries around only being available during certain hours, maybe when the kids are napping or early in the day before you get your vacation adventures underway, but you've really got to honor that on your side too. And turn the phone off, or at least turn off the ding notifications that tempt you back down the rabbit hole. So what about our personal lives? We've all seen the memes about people on a date with their faces buried in their phones and not paying attention to each other, or families sitting around on a holiday in similar state. While we are in many ways more plugged in, we're actually less connected to the people around us, and that has never been more apparent than during the recent quarantines, which highlight the major gaps in only having contact with other people via electronic means. And obviously our options right now are somewhat limited, but I hope that when we can spend time in the same physical spaces, we'll remember the isolation of only having electronic connections and honor the in-person times we have to spend with others. And in our daily lives, we can also honor the time we have to ourselves. Maybe you shut off your phone or at least your notifications while you shower or while you journal 
or during your workouts, and especially while you're asleep. Now, I know many of us have friends or relatives who are not in great health, so we want to be able to be available should there be an emergency. But you can set your phone to do not disturb and still make sure the people who need to get through can. And I may need to know if my colleague or sister is heading to the hospital to have their baby, but I don't need to see the Instagram updates about someone's amazing cocktail that they had at 2 a.m. At least, I can wait until the next morning to check that out. Allowing ourselves the right and the privilege to set those boundaries not only helps our brains do what they need to, which is refresh, renew, and reset for the next day, but it's also a good reminder that our needs do matter and we're not only allowing, but truly encouraging ourselves to respect those needs. Hello, and welcome to the Happiness is Courage podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Radican, Chief Happiness Officer at happinessiscourage.com and Radical Positivity Activist. Each week, we'll look at a wide variety of ways that happiness is courage in our personal and professional life. So let's get started. If you'd like to find out more about happiness as courage, visit us on the web at happinessiscourage.com.